यू आर लिसनिंग टू पॉपकास्ट विद गरिमा हाय गुरमहर वेलकम टू सीजन थ्री ऑफ पॉपकास्ट विद गरिमा सुपर एक्साइटेड टू हैव यू हियर No thank you so much I am excited to be here I've you know followed your podcast for a long time and you invited such interesting people very honored to join the list I am super related and honestly like I've been thinking because there were a barrage of questions that were in my mind to ask you especially from the same age bracket that we are and I'm sure like so many people who is still in this 20 to 25 zone are like you know burning yeah. with questions so i'm going to take the baton for oh everybody God. and ask you these questions perfect let's 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 go for it okay we'll we'll start a little easy and then i think we'll progress towards the heavy stuff because i don't want people to get bored so you're yeah. 24 right now and you know you've had many transitions in your life personal front professional front mm-hmm. um as a kid growing up to be a rebel who wanted to tell her story to someone who's now literally an inspiration to so many people you know like you're the icon for young india technically yeah and mm-hmm. you know what strange is that all of this was still while you were in your undergraduate and yeah, yeah. this was when you were studying in lsr one of the prestigious mm-hmm. college and now you've moved countries for masters so what's the transition like on personal front you know because now you're representing india but you are in a new country you have new friends and colleagues from across the world different yeah. nationalities and i personally think you know because i've also done my masters from your undergrads to your masters these two yeah. years are like just the you know the most evolving curve of your life yeah. you just suddenly unlearn so much so yeah, what's yeah. the transition <laughs> like for you in fact i was just having conversation with a friend today and i was just telling them uh i remember the same time last year to today i'm a completely different person i don't even think i recognize the person uh, i was in on like november last year to november this year now yeah. and it feels like it's only like a second like it was just right now but when i think about just the massive difference um there is not just in who i am as a person but how i view the world what i want from my life the things that i've experienced and how the, the way i've been rethinking all the things i've done so far i want for my life things that i wanted to do i think it's a, i think your your one year away is, is so important i don't know and i can't quite comment on whether this realization or whether this change is 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 you know a change for the great or the good or the positive because you you can't quite you can't quite guess right what your future is going to be but i do but i definitely agree with the fact that um, there's a huge change i think i think it's so important especially for us to when i was in my undergrad i was very very quickly in this very almost cocooned in this environment with people of similar thoughts similar backgrounds largely similar backgrounds you know i was investing and engaging in things i already knew about um, and it was a lot more speaking just by the nature of the work that i was doing as opposed to consuming and i think when i moved countries all of a sudden that baggage um and not even baggage i would say i think that that would be a wrong word but i think the weight the weight of being this public figure or like being you know in this space um and being on the forefront talking about things was all of a sudden just vanished right. um and i had all the space and time to explore my interests to explore myself you know who i am as a person um to explore what 
I want from life, to see the world from like from outside the comforts of that cocoon that I was in. Uh, and I'm not saying that cocoon was not a very was not was not challenging in itself because right. uh, it's definitely challenging. But I think you have to. It's very easy to get caught up in that rut of speak here, do this. You have to do this now. You have to now be a part of this movement, and you have to in be in solidarity with you know in this with this larger group that you're with. And all of a sudden, you know, when you're when you're part of a larger group, and when you're you know, there are so many expectations from you. There's so many. You often start, in a sense, receding and not quite questioning anything that you, you're you just like, okay, I have to do this and I'm going to do this, as opposed to critically engaging with a lot of things that are happening around you. So I think that critical engagement um, happened a lot while on my year, year away. But yeah, it's been, it's been a very, it's been a wonderful year. It's, um, I'm, I'm a completely changed person and we'll see where we go from here. I mean, there's so much that you've already achieved and I'm, I'm sure like uh, Oxford was like your bucket list, if I'm not wrong. Oh, 100%. Isn't <laughs> it like, yeah, I, I still remember I tell my mother, I was like, I can't believe I, I, I wouldn't dare to dream of going to Oxford when I was a younger kid. I mean, it just, it doesn't seem like a thing, you know, people from Jalandhar do. <laughs> yeah, because you're growing up and you don't know a single person who's gone to Oxford. The biggest yeah. dream was I knew, I still remember um, meeting my mother's colleague's daughter who went to LSR and that was the greatest like she was the smartest person I knew and I was like I can't believe you did literature in Lady Sriram College and I was 10 years old at that point and uh, it's so amazing when you meet people who you always aspire to become like in in shorter goals of your life like for me getting into Jamia at that point was like oh my god like it was my sixth standard dream that you know oh I (laughs) want to do my mass communication from Jamia yeah, and yeah. like these are the shorter goals that you set for yourselves and when you achieve yeah. them I'm sure it's like it's it's quite uh, you, you don't yeah I don't know and then you know Oxford wasn't even a goal it became a goal only I still remember I got into LSR I've always been a very ambitious go-getter person yeah. that's just who I have been um, and that has nothing to do with what's happened in my life or what's not happened I've just been like a like if there's something yeah, as a student to, yeah, or as, as a student, as, or just yeah. as a person, I still remember I got into LSR and I was so excited about it. And then I remember calling my mom and I said something. I mean, now when I look back, I'm just like, what an obnoxious thing to say. Um, <laughs> but uh, but I still remember calling my mom. I was like, mom, now I'm in the best college of my country, and now my next goal is to do my masters from the best university in the world. Um, and my mom was like, yeah, yeah, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. First, you clear your first semester exams and we'll, <laughs> we'll see if you get into these universities. Because then at that point, you're thinking about even if I do get the grades, who's going to fund it? Yeah. Will I actually get the grades? Am I really smart enough to compete with or be yeah. a part of these girls who are incredibly smart and ambitious and talented and just, yeah. um, just, just so wonderful? My, my classmates, right. everyone in Alasa that I spend time with, so wonderful and you you know you often you go in and you feel so small because you're just like I haven't done enough you um, do but I think when you have such intellectual slash change maker kind of people around you who have you know their their own thoughts and their own opinions I mean even though you slightly feel intimidated but as somebody who is a go-getter I'm sure you'll always have this urge of like doing extraordinarily well and you know yeah, I wasn't even, I wasn't even like extraordinarily well. I think I was just a very like enthusiastic kid. I wanted to be friends with everyone and I wanted to know everyone. I wanted to be, 
know, I, I would walk into class like after five coffees, just like posting <laughs> on like caffeine and just be like, hello, can I, you know, to my teacher, hello, can I ask a question? Can I have a comment to make here? So I was just like very enthusiastic more than anything. Nice. It was a great, great time. Yeah. And how is the new environment at your new college? Is what, I mean, for anybody who's back in India, like, you know, we don't really know what happens there other than the stories, of course, that our intimate peers have told us. But um, is, is it anything political there as well? Like, what's the environment like? So very, it's a very unique space. Um, and it's a very large space while being very small as well. At least for me, I had like my close circle and people that I often met with were people from South Asia. So I had, I've been friends with a lot of activists and students from Pakistan, from Bangladesh, from Sri Lanka, right. um, from India, of course. And often like my Indian friends, most of them have gone to JNU or have come from DU with me or have been in Jamia or have, you know, have been in Nalsar or NLS or like one of these colleges. Right. Um, so in fact, in fact, one of my best, one of my bestest friends here, somebody I really look up to, was is from Punjabi University. Her name is Nikita, and she's a Rhodes Scholar, and she's from Jalandhar as well. So I feel like so for me, my in a way, my my immediate people have been have just largely been um, been been well, activists, activists. <laughs> from like my like from South Asia. So uh, yeah. so is it political? It's very political. You would oh, really? some, it, yeah yeah. So if if you want to be very political. And then, of course, if you pull away from the, that group of friends, you'll always have the the popular PPE philosophy, um, politics and economics kid, kids. And then you you can be a part of the Oxford Union politics, which is a whole different situation. Yeah, I mean, I'm um, intrigued to know about that because of yeah. course we know ABVP, but I want to know about that. Yeah, no, I feel like it's it's a lot different because you have elections every semester. It's um. It's a lot more sanitized, but then the Oxford Union in itself is a very, um, it's it's an organization that has had a bit of a, you know, you often have a conservative leader and then you often have somebody who's large, a little bit maybe more centered. You would never, the Oxford Union is not exactly your activist space, even though it's a debating society. So it's, but it's very interesting. Um, it's very yeah. interesting to, to see how, how, I think with the UK, you have a lot of class politics. Um, okay. And you really, you really see it work in Oxford um, on a very, just, just very closely. And it's a great space if you want it to be a great space, if you surround yourself with like-minded people. But it could also be a very isolating space for a brown young woman. Um, right. And yeah, and I think, and I think, I think there's, of course, glorification that's always oh, Oxford University, but I think, I think it's also very important at the same time to really call out its, its largely racist and fearless past. Um, and I think, and if you, and if you do that, I think, I think if you go with that, like, just awareness of not being like, just, out, just out of curiosity, yeah. do, are we going to see some activism in Oxford by Gurmeher? I mean, I mean, we did have the CA, anti, anti-CA protests in, in Oxford. And ever since then, it's been Corona times. Um, we were, then there was a bit of, with the African society, there were, there were protests against the Oxford Union then, when there was a bit of a, where, where they, they did a racist uh, 
there was an act of racism by one of their their security people on a on an african american student i'm guessing i can't quite remember yeah i've been a part of a lot of um, a lot of protests here and then there was of course the black lives matter protests in oxford yeah. um, then there has been the roads must fall protests so i've been a part of um, if not organizing i've been a part of i've just been engaged in the in activism and mm-hmm. activist societies throughout um, so okay. it's 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 been very it's felt very at home <laughs> yeah. i like how you say that <laughs> <laughs> yeah Okay, um talking about your book The Young and the mm-hmm. Restless, it made a lot of noise obviously for the right reasons. Um yeah. what I found really interesting personally was that you know you interviewed all these eight young politicians when mm-hmm. you were yourself at such a young age. Uh so how did you go about interviewing these people because as somebody who does podcast and otherwise also I mean even if you're not a podcaster generally you should know the art of interviewing. you can yeah. be literally be you know you can be with anybody and if you have to ask questions you should know how to strike a conversation how to get out of a conversation how to get into a conversation <laughs> yeah and you have bloody interviewed all of these eight amazing people yeah so like fill me in with as much as you can i think when i thought of interviewing at that point when i thought of this book i was just i was just curious i think and i and i didn't and i and i think all these interviews were almost 8 hours long each wow so it wasn't they weren't quite as like straight up question answer question did they, answer did question they get answer. extend to 8 hours were they planned for 8 hours no i i actually had i actually asked everyone to give me a huge chunk of the day okay um and they asked me oh but isn't it just an interview and i was like no we are going to have conversations i'm going to ask you questions it's just going to be recorded um and that's what i'm going to do and they and i think it was new for almost everyone because they were like what what i what do you mean yeah and i think you know like we like never we were asking what's going to happen to the future of my country tell me tell me yeah so like but and each interview was very different so with raghav chadda for example the interview was done i would like finish my class at lsr and his office was in green park i hmm. think i'm assuming so the aap amadi party office was in green park and i would take an auto from lsr to green park and i did that for 3 3 4 days um, and we did the interviews in four different chunks um with somya the same thing i met somya hmm. met somya at the ones at night i say informally but but the whole process was was very formal so i met somya at night and the next day um she was in my she was in my hotel room in bangalore sitting on the floor with like a soya cappuccino in her hand because she doesn't drink milk mm-hmm. uh, and her head is hurting and she's just hasn't slept she's come back from she's come back from multiple engagement and it's the afternoon um and she's like okay i'm going to have this coffee and she's sitting on the floor i still have this very vivid image of her in like a white suit just holding this cup and me say, and me being like okay so i'm putting this is my phone it's on record and we'll just talk and i think and that was one interview which was so interesting um and this ran for 8 hours oh it just it went over like some would like for days some would wow. just um, some were some were 8 hours so which shall i spend 3 days in in shrinagar we 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 did a book launch for small acts of freedom um i met her team i had conversations with her and i met her sister you know we went we had it was it was i think all these interviews 
they were never not, with jignesh it was the exact same with jignesh we sat in um, the gujarat bhavan because he's the mla now and his jignesh a couple of his friends and we're just sitting there with with a cup of tea and it's nothing it's quite literally we're free flowing conversation mm-hmm. we're talking about art we're talking about his time as a as a theater you know as a theater person we're talking about his the time that he fell in love and how that evoked you know a sense of almost oh wait um you know and he, and he talks about it in the book about the time that he fell in love with this girl but that couldn't go on because of you know your caste identity is and these conversations were just i think i just went in with a very curious mind and, and i'm sure like you must have you must have thought through that you know okay these are the people you know because not everybody gets yeah. access to these people first and second yeah. when yeah. you get access to these people like you want to ensure that you ask the right questions you ask questions that mm-hmm. you know you are being troubled by or probably your friends are being troubled by and you want to seek answers mm-hmm. of those important questions yeah. so like i'm yeah. sure you must have done some research and a lot of background homework oh, yeah yeah i mean i think yeah of course i mean research is definitely research is important you research your topic you research the person you research their policies everything that they've done so far who they are you know what they have said at what point what's up, what are the problematic things they have said what are the great things that they have said i think those are just standards right you you don't go into an interview without research at right. all so yeah. i think the act of interviewing if you're talking about it i think that just comes from this bit that just comes from curiosity because you can always confront people on what they have done so far and you can always ask ask them what you're going to do but i think it's the in between that i think you need to catch up on um mm-hmm. a very interesting bit would be this bit where aditya thakre was telling me about his um and it, you know and at that point the shiv sena was very tight with the bjp unlike today where you know a lot of things have changed i remember he was telling me about how they are so proud of you know um women taking leadership roles in the bmc mm. um, at the bmc level and it was i think it was the third time he was mentioning in that interview about about women empowerment and at that point i was just i just i just sat down and i was like but you know you talk about women empowerment quite a bit would you say you're a feminist hmm. and and that was not a question i planned at all because you know i didn't go on and i didn't think that oh this is a question i'm going to ask him right. um right you don't quite go and ask people <laughs> hey are you a feminist would you say this and i did because i was so curious and there was a bit of like a wait what and i was like yeah i'm i just tell me and and he and he went on to say yeah i'd say more feminist yeah, that was quite right. yeah it was and i think in that moment i was just i found something very interesting which i think um nobody has ever i, I, I mean which i i hadn't heard from um most right wing leaders um or most right leaning leaders yeah. up until then because there's a huge you know feminism the way there's a huge idea of how we have to detach ourselves from the feminist movement we have to deta- we have to be a part of a all humans are equal movement yeah. all humans <laughs> right so i think to have somebody be like yeah this is the work i've done and mm-hmm. i would go ahead and like say that i'm a feminist was quite was quite a surprise to me but i think it came from just being curious yeah um, and and open i think definitely being open um because i think most every politician that i met um including madhukeshwar who's from the bjp knew who i was knew what my where my politics lie um and in and none of these interviews there was ever i think there was there was no lying about where how what my beliefs are 
or what their beliefs are. There's definitely a lot of tension there. But I think to just sit down and just be open and just to hear um, your, your subject out is so important. It's not just important as an interviewer who's doing a podcast or who's writing a book, but also for when you, also for research, maybe as an anthropologist. Um, and anthropology was a module I took up in Oxford. But your job is not to be, like almost like, your job is not to be sparring with your subject. It's to hear your subject out. The sparring can happen on paper when you write it. Right. Uh, and I think that was something that was very important. Yeah. So like just to sum it down, of course, research, be curious, uh, be open to questions and uh, probably maneuver the conversation. If there's something that's intriguing you, just the way you probably asked about feminism to Aditya Thakre, go on and ask something which is not even remotely related to that person, you know, and take that plunge, I think, of asking. Um I, I was reading one of your interviews, Gurmeher, and I found a line and it, it just might be controversial from the answer that you gave back then. But I want to know from you, because I personally, you know, really think that it's nothing uh, brow raising like the way you're doing right now. But so you said, I find it grave when an actor has to hold a political party's flag to promote his movie. Now, of course, we're not going to take those actors name because we might also be fined with a 500 crore defamation but I mean there are movies that straight right up reek of propaganda and it's no uh, rocket science for at least you know the okay sensible youth of our country to know what is what right it's no rocket science so my question is that so like I was saying that our art and culture is at stake and you know, like what can we do to actually, um, as we as citizens of our country, like should we stop watching those movies? Yeah, you stop watching it. Yeah. I mean, it's propaganda. Why should anyone watch propaganda? Because, you know, at one point we all think about that at least, okay, if you know, so-and-so person is making yeah. a movie about menstruation, they at least normalize a mass conversation and a mass movement about menstruation but then you know that this is also in alignment to a total political agenda so then what do you do in that case I think I think it really depends because it's always it's not largely you can't I think it's not a very black and white conversation If, if if you ask me I'm thinking about a particular very violent movies that are straight up just propaganda that are nothing but propaganda, that are nothing but hateful. Like those movies, I personally would never watch it. I have never watched them. Um, I have, I, I just stay away from them. Hmm. Um, but then of course there are movies that are, you know, that are largely about social change and, and I mean, which are definitely, which are definitely very in alignment with maybe some of the government policies that are existing, right? Um, but then I think these are not things that are black and white. Because what you would imagine is that is that is is it just because it's a government that we don't like their policy, or is it there's a difference between a government policy and a party agenda and a propaganda? So I think you take the party propaganda away from government policy um, and then approach it. So some movies would just be policy based and that policy could be um, that policy could have come from any government. If yeah. it's a if it's a progressive policy, I would go ahead and watch it. It doesn't matter what, you know, the actor or the director 
or mm. largely largely their personal um political alignments are i think i would watch it but whereas if it's a party propaganda movie as we have seen so as we have seen in in the past there've been multiple movies we won't name them because we don't want to be you know we don't want a defamation suit like you said um <laughs> uh, those you those do definitely you definitely are just like yep i don't want to i don't want to watch like a child politician being played out on my computer screens to my children in a cartoon form um neither do i want to watch a two early 2000s actor playing a certain political leader right um and glorifying glorifying <laughs> their story um, come yeah. on now those are party propaganda you just avoid it yeah yeah makes sense absolutely and i think of course very individualistic make your own decisions yeah. but what's important is to be at least you know be abreast of what it's about you know that's being served yeah. to you in the name of art and culture and films yeah but you know like i said i don't think i don't think there's anything in your life that's apolitical especially love uh, i think it's it's one of the most political things who you marry how you marry <laughs> um yeah you know why you marry the marriage in itself love in itself i think these are such political so it's such a political act uh, it could either be and i think and i think the act of who you fall in love with could either be revolutionary or it could either be a submission um i'm going to frame just, this into a quote can you repeat it <laughs> i'm just saying that uh, the act of love could either be a revolution or it could either be a submission and i think it's eventually it just falls on us what do we want to do with this emotion that just exists in the world you could have the most rev- you could just fall in love in the most revolutionary way um market in history or you could just submit to you know your or you could just submit to the idea of this is the person i will get married to who comes yeah. from the same caste who comes from the same class you know and we live a lovely wonderful average life right. of comfort without any change or you go ahead and like shatter and break any and all boundaries and mm-hmm. everything the history has fed us Yeah. and i think and i think there's something so powerful there and i think yeah, yeah and for me for me I'm, i'm definitely um i think a lot of my politics just comes from there um yeah. it's, it's a such radical a radical thought to like you know the way you just said it it just sounds so radical that love also is political i could never think like that <laughs> Yeah. I mean, we, we, we often don't, we often don't. And then you're put in these situations where you're just like, oh my God, I'm really being tested here in yeah. so many ways. Imagine falling in love with somebody who's not from your religion. Imagine falling in love with somebody who's not from caste. Imagine being in a situation where you have to hurt people you know by just wanting to do the simplest thing, which is be with the person you love. And all of a sudden... you doing that simple thing hurts legacies and cultures and families and um, histories and all of us and it's a disrespect to your religion and to your grandfather and what are your children going to be like you know you all of us aren't have a future and a history to battle um and the only thing you want to do is just be with this person you like and of course love is so yeah. political <laughs> okay i will quickly be patching anurag now um he has a quick question okay. for you before we wrap up this hi anurag can you hear us properly yeah yeah i i can hear you now yes hi hi hi, hi. hi so nice so nice meeting you 
Same here. Same here. Thanks, Karima, for uh, inviting me. Yes, Karmeer uh, uh, Anurag is also a podcaster. Uh, he hosts a podcast called The Socially Desi, and he's also an army kid. And I thought it would be a wonderful idea to have you guys talking. Um, and he has a question for you. How lovely! So nice to meet you, Anurag. Yes, same here. Same here, Karmeer. So uh, before I ask the question, I uh, just want to set the context of uh, what the question is about. Yeah. So, uh, so generally, what happens is uh, when a young kid enters college, right? And it can be uh, any college, uh, not specific to DU or JNU. So, uh, whenever someone enters uh, their college life, so the first thing that happens is they look around their seniors, they look around the environment, and when they see, uh, you know, students or these uh, bodies which are forming up, which are political bodies, it can be like a youth. कांग्रेस का पार्टी हो हो सकता है बॉडी और इट कैन बी समबडी एल्स सो व्हेन दे सी ऑल दिस दे गेट इजीली इन्फ्लुएंस्ड राइट सो दे गेट इन्फ्लुएंस्ड एंड इट्स इजी टू मैनिपुलेट यंग किड्स व्हेन दे एंटर कॉलेज बिकॉज़ इट कैन बी बिकॉज़ ऑफ पीयर प्रेशर इट कैन बी बिकॉज़ ऑफ यू नो जस्ट टू लुक द बंग इन फ्रंट ऑफ द अदर पीपल सो माय क्वेश्चन इज what can somebody do like a young kid व्हाट्स योर एडवाइस टू अ यंग किड एंटरिंग हिज और हर कॉलेज लाइफ Uh, how should they maneuver their college life in order to make the right decisions uh, when it comes to uh, you know forming uh, ideologies or being part of uh, any movement or ideology how yeah. do they uh, uh, you know go about doing this because it's not easy uh, yeah yeah it's very easy to manipulate people yeah so that's my question so i think first i would i would i mean i would like to believe that young adults entering college who are often 18 years of age i think they're voting adults right um mm. and they are they are adults who would who if they can vote they can really think for themselves so one would believe that that's that's what's happening and even if they enter like even if they enter college life that they yeah. would they would make make that choice for themselves um but you're but you're not wrong in saying that there's often you know peer pressure and there's often like you know sometimes a young boy comes out of school is a bit rowdy in school and sees you know this group of rowdy men yeah um, going around and being cool and you know wanting to just like join it for like instinct um, and then 3 years later you see a whole different you know that person's lapped up their ideology and their ways of life and their ways of thinking and is now is now ru- running for the treasurer for whatever organization it is um so you're not definitely you're definitely not wrong in saying that i think and often what i also think is when people go into college they don't really go into college with a fresh slate you know you go into college from believing what you believe from home so if you're yeah. if you largely come from a let's say uh, a left leaning family you would you wouldn't see yourself you know going towards the towards the right wing groups right you would still you would you know you would you would be like yeah this is what my family believes this is how the conversations in my home have been going and i see myself a lot more aligned towards this place and the same would be maybe for a right wing family um a family that's let's say heavily you know is very largely religious yeah. or 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 just nationalistic would see themselves mm. being drawn towards group that speak the same language that that share their belief that they come with and then develop on it i think for yeah. for young people what's really important is um to believe in the instinct of questioning uh and i and, and we've talked about questioning a lot before um in the in this podcast but i think just to believe in their instinct of instinct of living i would say yeah. 
because definitely there's an for i mean there are so many things an instinct that girls should have should be allowed to um should not have um curfews as a young man living in the society now your instinct would be that yeah why do girls have curfews right in college hostels it yeah. doesn't matter whether you're a um un- unless you're from unless you're a very you know you come from a very largely right wing family or largely conservative family and not that there's anything wrong with coming from that background or having these feelings you know you can definitely feel the way you feel but i think if you but if you come but at, you would you know instinctively something like that you'd be like yeah well girls you know can should have um, mm. should not have curfews so you see where is that where is that represented you know your instinct and maybe your parents might believe that your sister or who or the women from your family when they go into colleges have curfews but you as a young person believe that no your sister should be allowed to um move as freely as 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 you would want to so there's definitely a there's a there's a there's a shift there from what you believe in what your family believes in and what you believe in it's just instinctively it's not a political yeah. change so believe in those instincts and believe in those questions um and as and when we say that young people will change the world it's because because these are things we believe as young people we are largely a lot more progressive than our than the generation before us uh, whether it's because of social media whether it's because of tv whether it's because of mobile phones whether it's because of just um you know this this hunger for freedom that they never yeah. had um we just are more progressive and that's that's how it's been um believe in those instincts and like find your find your path from there would be maybe my one advice where we are all we all have liberty equality freedom so true yeah so true mm-hmm. Seems that, like that's that it i guess like thank you very much <laughs> no thank you for such a brilliant question no thanks to garima uh, for inviting yeah. me i mean uh, it's it's really good to see like you know i mean garima is out of india you're you're right now i guess you're out of india yeah but uh, you know people thinking uh, you know towards uh, the the uh, prosperity of indians and in like totality of what's happening in india right now karodo log so rahe hain to kisi ko to jagna padega type you know no, it's like kahin billion work again thank you gurmeer for answering this no thank <laughs> question. you thanks thanks garima for inviting thank me on the you. show thank you thank you thank you so much that was yeah. that was actually like a tedx talk like a little mini tedx talk oh my god <laughs> what's it thank you i was like just listening to you okay so that brings us to the end of our conversation um, but thank you so much yeah. for doing this it was such a enlightening conversation i got like so many new perspectives from you and which is what i wanted to come out of this podcast <laughs> honestly oh thank you so much thank you it was so nice having a conversation with you this was such a lovely chat thank you thank you so much i'm glad you enjoyed i i really i really really did thank you so much no oh, thank you super thank you so much gurbeer thank you bye no oh, thank you bye